0: Welcome to another episode of the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific podcast. I'm currently in Fiji. It's great to be here. I'm here for the next five months and I'm sitting in a cafe with um, good friends of mine, Martha, Johnny and their beautiful little son. I've forgotten his name, but Martha will tell me in a minute. Gorgeous guy. And um, we're just going to have a chat today. But welcome again, Martha.
1: Thank you, Tish. Um, Thank you for having us today.
0: Yes, I have interviewed you in the past, um, even last year I recorded one of your stories, your story of abuse and um, put that on Facebook and I don't think either of us anticipated um, how far and wide that would go, I think we are both a bit shocked. Just explain to me um, what was it like having your story revealed to the world um, and how did, how did you work through that?
1: Um, yeah, I think uh, both of us didn't uh, realize how how big it was going to get, but the the first thing I needed to deal with for the first few weeks was just the, the shock of it being out there, uh, especially having people from all walks of life uh, getting to know some of the personal things that I probably hidden for so many years. Uh, but... Uh, I'm glad that it came out and at the time that it came out I believe that uh, God ordained it for that season because it really helped not only me in my in having to heal but also help others to be able to know that it was okay to speak up and it is okay to disrupt the silence Um, been getting feedbacks from that and even people who uh, after that story came out, uh, were willing to stand up and, uh, and speak against uh, abuse and also to tell the stories of what they've gone through.
0: Yeah, I know your voice has given many, many others courage. Um, and the response, I mean, I'm still getting people comment on that post and it's still getting shared to this day. I mean, it was overwhelmingly positive. Um, I think, you know, it, it endears people to you and all that you've been through. Um, but today we want to have a conversation around disrupting this culture of silence that exists in Fiji and especially that I guess would oppress women um, more than men. Uh, and I love that you, recently you've done a TED talk on this topic and it's actually the name of a book I'm currently writing disrupting the culture of silence. Um, so I just asked you before how how do we well just tell us where, where this culture has come from? Why would a man's voice be more important than a woman's voice?
1: I think it's, I don't know where it began from, from our cultural point of view, but it's been there. Um, By the time I was born, I think it's something that has been ingrained into us, even as little girls, uh, that um, little girls' voices were never meant to be heard, that you can be seen, but you can't be heard. And growing up, we've always been made to believe that the the boys were more important. Um, when we go to village functions, we would have the men sit inside while the women either sit outside or weren't even part of the program at all. Uh, in meal times, we had the men that were served first, and uh, the girls and the young or the women, sometimes didn't even have anything to eat after that. Um, some, some parts of the culture are good, uh, but some have really allowed or breed uh, this, uh, yeah, this culture of uh, making women think or girls think that their voices are not important enough. So I don't know where it has come from, but I reckon that it's time that we disrupt it and it's time for us to speak and start a new culture, a culture where people not only are willing to speak, but others are also willing to listen, yeah. In your, I haven't heard your TED talk, I'm dying to hear it,
0: um, because I just so admire um, the way in which you speak. You speak with a lot of grace, but so much truth, um, which I love, but what were some of the points you talked about um, in your TED talk that need to happen in order to disrupt this culture of silence?
1: Mm, I think um, something that's been on my heart for quite a few years, especially with abuse, um, in that we are not creating atmosphere where, atmosphere anywhere, whether it's home or whether it's in our churches or whether it's in the public arenas, that will allow people to be able to speak freely and not have to fear that they will be labeled or that they'll be ridiculed Um, also the the need to allow people to to be themselves themselves in the sense that if a young woman or a woman is as outspoken as I am, that they not be labelled as anti-Fijian or anti okay but that they will be allowed to have their voices. And even for women or young girls who are quiet, that we will begin to accept that that's who they are. But everybody has a voice, irrespective of uh, who they are and what their makeup is. Um, Everyone does have a voice, and, uh, and we we'll need to listen or begin to listen to those voices. Yeah, now you and I are both pastors, both studied. Um,
0: you, top of your class. I don't think I certainly wasn't, <laughs> but um, we've done our study. We've been ordained as pastors through our denomination or networks. Um, I have done endless study on um, those scriptures in the Bible, because even in Australia in the 21st century, I still get told that you know Second Timothy says a woman should be silent, um, but i 've done endless studies, and when you look at the cultural context of that that 's not what it 's um, saying but is there anywhere you can see in the Bible that
1: a woman should be silent i i honestly I think uh, before I got into full time ministry and before I was ready to accept the call of being a pastor, I made sure that. I did not violate anything in the word and I did my due diligence of studying the word and I didn't find anything. Um, with It wasn't just my study, I went through theologians who I trusted. Um, and I knew, I know sometimes people would study uh, books or probably things that would support the argument, but I didn't. I made sure that I went to it with an open mind and open heart, and allowing the Lord to to lead me. And even if if the word was going to say that I couldn't do it, then I wasn't going to do it. But then when I didn't find anything, I was willing to accept the call to be a pastor. But then a lot of times I'm still bombarded with uh, the wrong context of the use of the word. But uh, I've come to accept that it's going to be normal. It's, it's something that I have to go through all the time. But I wish people would go to the word and really find out the, the real meaning or allow the Holy Spirit to, to speak through them. Um, I'm sure that God's given mouth to women for a reason. And that's to help in the propagation of the gospel
0: absolutely and I always go back to the beginning where God said he created male and female in his image um, both equally and we represent the female image of Jesus and the female voice because males and females are very different females see things very different and speak different um, and males do and they're they're different but they're both right and I don't see how Jesus would silence one half of his image Um, and obviously the denomination which you've been ordained in um, that they believe that women can speak as well however you're still dealing with um, I guess you'd almost call it discrimination tell us how the men are um, looked you know (laughs) I guess just what you face in your church being a
1: woman leader um when i started it was it was hard uh not to say that now it's gotten easier no there are still days when it's still hard but uh being being pushed aside uh being put in the corner even when you know that the lord has called you to the same pulpit uh being told that um, I, the reasons that I'm sometimes given is that oh, uh, the, when you speak, you speak to the women but when the men speak, you know, they're speaking to the whole congregation and I don't know how that works but uh, I would have assumed that when we speak God's word we're speaking to everybody but then that's the assumptions that have come in uh, or being told that oh, you're too modern um, in the messages that you bring, in your output Um, These are things that have been told to me in my face Um, or in programs where you're sidelined just because you're a woman. And uh, I think that sometimes people, people forget that God can use anybody and He chooses who He uses and so my new answer that i've formed in my head now and formed in my heart when people ask me is that if they have a problem with my calling to go to the person who's called me yeah but uh, but it still happens Um, it doesn't only come from the church that uh, the denomination that we serve in but it comes from outside as well where we are invited to speak somewhere. oh she's a woman pastor how does that happen you know it can't happen because the word but they're not willing to give me from where in the word it's just because they've read somewhere but they're not willing to go and study the context of that and uh, and i think there needs to be a change uh, there needs to be a change in people. If you're going to use the Word of God, use it in the proper context, but don't use it just to justify your traditional viewpoints or whatever. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Um, you, you mentioned, hope I'm not speaking out of turn, before when we arrived about a man, sorry about the blender in the background, but this is a coffee shop. Um, the man who said that he didn't have to listen to you because you're a woman preacher, and you said, well, do you listen to Joyce Meyer? And he said, yes, but she's Kavalangi. So, I mean, that just boggles my mind. For a start, it's highly racist. <laughs> I mean, uh, highly racist. And we don't have a black and a white Bible where God, where the white woman's voice is more important either. So there's so many. Our thinking is just so messed up. Um, and I think that's what you know, we're dealing with here in, in the Pacific is um, so much tradition and culture infiltrates the kingdom of God where the kingdom of God should be our um, standard and what we live according to um, in this area. I asked, I've just done a survey of 60 Fijian women, have filled in a survey for me um, just in research for my book on disrupting the culture of silence um, and, and many of them um, I've got some food arriving, this is amazing, gosh. Um, many of these women just say that how in village or community life that yes, it's the men who make all the decisions. So I asked a woman the other day what would happen if a woman just went and sat in on one of these meetings? Well, <laughs> like, how, like, where do we begin to change it? You know, why should the men uh, only have a voice in
1: important decisions? I have no idea um, how to answer that. I think that's how it's been. But I think the change can begin from the homes. Um, the change can begin when, when men begin to accept women's voices in their individual homes. And then from there, then we can probably have a ripple effect uh, when they are not uh, threatened by women's voices. And they realize that we are not trying to compete. Um, for me, it's never been about the competition, it's about getting the work done, especially when it comes to the propagation of gospel. As long as people hear about the gospel, I really don't care who leads, I don't care who gets the position or whatever. You can have the titles and position, but allow the women to have a voice and to be able to have an input into the society. I mean, they, they do so much. Um, In the homes, they do so much in raising the kids, in looking after, running the households. In the churches, uh, if we were to be honest, I believe most of the churches have uh, 70% or even 80% attendance that uh, have women and young girls but still they are not being allowed to decide things. Um, I am not here to advocate for women to come and be the senior pastors. No, I am asking uh, probably for a spirit of understanding, which I believe that is what the Holy Spirit is, a spirit of understanding, in allowing us to be able to use these women, uh, positions of leadership or in areas of influence and allow the work to be done. That's what we want, the work to be done.
0: We want the work to be done and I think yeah for me it's the same, this is not some big feminist rant, Uh, it's about that we're better together (laughs) and we want the fullness of the image of God represented um, through the male and the female voice Uh, and that's when you have those two working together um, something beautiful comes up Um, and I think yep we help each other don't we, men think a different way, women think a different way and we really help each other. So look, we better wind it up because we've, we've both got to get off to another meeting. But just as I finish, what is the effect of a nation when the woman's voice is silenced? What impact does that have on a nation as a soul? And, and, and do you see that outworking in Fiji right now? When
1: the women are silenced um, in the homes, um, on my blog, we've been counselling woman after woman who have been abused in the homes. Uh, Some women get beaten up almost every week, some every second day, and because they don't have a voice, they can't even call their families or they can't even tell their friends what they're going through. And some die as a result. Uh, We have young girls uh, like me who went through abuse for so many years and who are not able to speak up because we've been silenced. Um, we don't uh, create areas where they can come and speak in the churches. There are women that God has given creative ideas to, or leadership capabilities for them to be able to run ministries and grow the church to man massive levels of growth that we can have. But we've we've shunned them under the the banner of uh, of culture and tradition. But. I'm sure that if we begin to use them and we are not threatened by them taking our positions and whatever, then we would see a phenomenal growth in the churches, not only here in Fiji and across the Pacific. Uh, And in the nation, if we're going to have women be silenced, then we won't be able to see um, other women being impacted. Uh, I see now that when we have women leaders... Because women and men are made up differently. Like you said in the beginning, women see things from a whole circle perspective and then men see things from one, two, three viewpoints. But then when we have women that come in, they, they mother the nation. Uh, they begin to look at things from not only from the outside, but from the inside out. And I think if we all work together for the common good, uh, it's going to be a beautiful world, and it's going to be a beautiful Fiji, a beautiful South Pacific. Uh, But if we continue with this spirit of, I don't know, dominating over the women, then uh, we've got a long way to go, Uh, especially in the propagation of the gospel. If we're going to see people change and people's lives transform, then we have to work together, because I believe that's what happened is going to look like. It's going to be everybody. It's not going to be... uh, heaven for men and a heaven for women but it's going to be a heaven for everybody yeah.
0: Well on that note we will leave it but thank you again, it's always a privilege to speak to you and um, God bless you, keep speaking up Easily,
1: I see your suffering I see the pain Beneath that bowl of summer. Sun is rising. Let the islands hear reason. Let